It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 12th of October. Is the rotation set? Where are their weaknesses? How will it all play out? Are the Jazz really playing at a faster pace of play? And do preseason stats tell us anything about this Utah Jazz crew? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz It is available on Android. It is available on iTunes. You can tell Alexa to play the program Locked on Jazz. You can tell Google to do the same thing. Listen on Spotify as well. And today's a huge day for the Locked on Podcast Network and Locked on Jazz. We have moved over to our new partner uh, with some of our shows namely this one and a bunch of others. Uh, we have moved over to Panoply, the home of Malcolm Gladwell and Slate and uh, the great show Slate, Hang Up and Listen, uh, Political Gab Fest, another Slate show, Cultural Gab Fest, all sorts of great shows over on the Panoply. And so we're using the Megaphone platform, and hopefully it runs smoothly today. Uh, but today's the big move, so if there's anything different, if you've subscribed at Audio Boom then you're, you're not going to get it anymore. So that's subscribe on your Android. Uh, I use Pocket Casts, uh, whatever it is that you might uh, want to use. I've used Dogcatcher for a long time. There's a bunch of great ones out there. So a uh, big, 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 big day for the Lockdown Podcast Network. Really, we've got exciting stuff going on with the emergence of our partnership uh, with the fan rag for the LockdownJazz.net on all of our shows. Now have a going to have a website, and then the move over to Panoply. So uh, very exciting times. Thank you very much for your support, what, <clears throat> what all of you have done uh, to allow really Locked on Jazz to be at the forefront of this and move on. Uh, today's show brought to you by our good friend Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. And right now is the time to buy or sell a home. Devin is the guy you want to be involved with. We'll tell you more about Devin. He's got a great deal for you. And Murdoch Chevy over in Woods Cross jumping aboard uh, the program. A little Murdoch love there. I'll tell you what's going on uh, with the good folks over at uh, Murdoch Chevy. Gotten to know the uh, Murdoch family well. Uh, spent some time up there. Got to got to see what um, what fun th- stuff's going on there, and and learn about the Chevy brand a little bit as well. So we'll have that for you as well. All right, let's let's get right to it. Um, final Western Conference preview. Hopefully, up on Lockdown NBA. As well here shortly. All right, so do we have a rotation? Five preseason games. Now a week of practice. The guys had yesterday off. They'll practice today. I'll be down there. Uh, do we have a rotation for who the Utah Jazz are? And I and, and with the Exum injury, uh, unfortunately, I do think um, I do think that we do. Uh, by the way, here quick Exum update. Uh, the Jazz are are not taking their time. They're doing their diligence. So is Dante. Uh, He's gotten a few opinions. He's having, I believe, another opinion here today or either yesterday in Los Angeles and will have a decision uh, of whether or not he... First thing is whether or not he needs surgery, and then second decision is whether or not surgery actually ends the season or not. So those are the decisions that have to be made. It's not entire, you know, 
not, nothing's totally clear cut. A lot of pressure is going both ways uh, on Dante, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, obviously he's going to be out for quite some time, and then the question is whether or not we'll actually see him again uh, this year, which we, we'd have to hope could possibly be the case. So let's, let's roll through the rotation knowing Dante's out. I, I think that you're seeing the point guard position is pretty well set between Ricky Rubio, and I do believe it's going to be Howell Neto. When you get into what Quinn Snyder has said about that being a burden and not wanting to lose what Donovan Mitchell does so well and then seeing Donovan play the other day not with that burden, I, I think you're going to see Howell Neto uh, earn those those minutes. And I think Rubio, frankly, is going to play a lot. Uh, I would suspect that he is on the floor for 35, 32 to 35 minutes a night, which is, in this day and age, you don't usually like to play players more than uh, about those uh, right in that kind of spot of 32 minutes. But Rubio has played 33 minutes last year for Minnesota, 31 the year before, 32 the two prior, 34 his rookie year. I think he's going to be up there. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes uh, for this team. I, th- I I suspect that Neto, and remember, Neto started 53 games. I suspect that Neto plays the remaining, you know, if, if I'm putting him in for 34, there's 14 minutes there. I suspect Neto plays those. But they, they also could use just, and you'll see what I'm gonna, where this ha- how this happens here in a minute. I suspect that they could use Neto uh, a little less, maybe, and, and, and link four to six minutes a night of multiple point guard sets. And I'll, I'll, I'll show you where that kicks in a second. Even when Neto started, he only played 18 games. <clears throat> Remember, his rookie year, he starts 53 games, which is one of the highest amounts by a rookie. He shoots 39.5% from three, so he was really solid. And if he can do that again, uh, then then that'll be good shape. Now, I you know, and obviously a lot of things could change. Uh, I don't think there's anyone in the market the Jazz are going to go get uh, in that spot. So then we get to Rodney Hood is your starting two guard, and he's going to be backed up by Donovan Mitchell. And this is where the minutes start to get really interesting because I, I, I Rodney played about 27 minutes a night last year fighting the injury. He played 32 before, I would suspect that he plays about 30 minutes a night. If he's healthy and he can and maintain that, maybe they'll reduce his minutes down a little bit to try to get him healthy. Uh, he had a very good preseason, but he only played in three of the five games. Last year, he only played in 59 games. Two years ago, he only played in 50 games. The year in between, he played in 79. So it's not clear who he really is as a uh in that position. So that leaves, let's put him at 30. That leaves 18 for Donovan Mitchell. That's not enough, right? I mean, as crazy as that sounds, we're already at a point where I think it's clear that's not enough. Donovan Mitchell is going to play more than 18 minutes a night on this team. He's He's got that impact. He's that good a player. He's going to earn it. And frankly, we need someone who's going to put in buckets. We need some, and Spider, that's his nickname, is going to put in buckets. And it's incredible to look at this guy's rise. I didn't realize this. He only played 591 minutes his rookie year at Louisville. 19 minutes a game. And then last year he burst out for 32 minutes a game. I mean, this 
is a kid who just continues to, he's played his whole life, but he was a baseball player, split time, who just is emerging. And, and the other thing I think that's important on him is he's 21 years old. He's not some 19-year-old kid. They, he either spent an extra year at uh, Brewster Academy in New Hampshire or he, they held him back or just he was a September birthday and so they just decided not to start him young. If you look at Damian Lillard, Lillard was 22 in his rookie year. He was born in July of 1990 and started his year in, in 2012 having three years of college. Mitchell has a lot less experience, but to some extent is kind of he's 21 starting this year. So we'll, we'll see. I, it's just, oh boy, I got high hopes. So 18, point is 18 minutes is not enough. So how do we get those other minutes? And that's where this gets... Really interesting, and let me dig into that for you in just a moment. But I do want to welcome a new sponsor on, uh, and it's not really a new sponsor. It's it's the Murdoch family, and it's the extension of the Murdoch family who have spent this incre- I mean, incredible 91 years in Utah. There has been a Murdoch Chevy, 91 years. And uh, the Murdoch brand is is as strong as can be with their car washes for life and everything else. And Tyson runs the Murdoch Chevy up uh, in Woods Cross. Truck line is amazing right now. Chevy's the only truck line that has all three truck segments. So you got the heavy-duty Silverado, the light-duty half-ton truck Silverado, the mid-size truck Colorado. You've got the Colorado diesel. You've got the unibody frame, which is safer. It's a one-frame set. And Chevy, Chevy runs deep, man. If you're a Chevy family... You want Chevy, and then you want to deal with the Murdochs because that is who these the, you <clears throat> the, the Murdoch family. The same experience I've had with Blake at Murdoch Hyundai is what you get at Murdoch Chevy. It's all tied in together. It's the ninety-one years of coming together and representing Utah, representing their family, and giving you uh, those experiences. Some ridiculous deals going on right now as well at Murdoch at Chevy. Uh, the Silverado has got 5000 off, 25% off on both the Cruze and the Malibu right now. So check it out. Murdoch Chevy, the Murdoch family, 91 years in Utah selling trucks. They are there for you. And say hi to Tyson for us up in Murdoch. Excuse me, up in Woods Cross. He's not in Murdoch. That's not a city. They haven't gotten that big. Up in Woods Cross. Uh, say hi to Tyson for us. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. 
That's just a few of the 30 plus health conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because let's be honest here. If it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at freshly.com slash locked on NBA. That's freshly.com slash locked on NBA. So <clears throat> continuing with the rotation, now you get to the small forward. And this is what gets really interesting to me. Because we've got not enough minutes for Donovan Mitchell. And we've really got three guys, if everyone's healthy, that are playing the small forward. Ingles, Cephalosha, and Burks. So let's start with Joe. He's, he's the starter. He only played 24 minutes a night last year. He only started 26 games last year. You start pushing Joe Ingles past 24 minutes a night, I think you start to get body breakdown. He's 29 years old. He's 30 years old. He's a fabulous player. His body is not an NBA body. He's gotten better. He's, you know, we got to be careful with this because he's really worked hard to improve this. But I don't know that I think he's a 30-minute-a-night guy. <clears throat> I think if you, if you look at, and I've talked about this a lot last year, when we push Joe past 30 minutes with any regularity, there usually was a drop-off. Uh, there were nights playing the Warriors. He puts up 34. He plays 34 minutes. He played 39 against Sacramento. But when you started, what ended up happening is he became more and more valuable. We played Phoenix. He played 32. Dallas, 37. Indiana, 33. Then all of a sudden, you look at his production. Doesn't shoot it. He goes 0 for 3 for 3 in the last game. Doesn't shoot one. 1 for 3. 1 for 3. Suddenly, he's 2 for his last 9 from 3. Goes 1 of 1 in the next game. 1 of 4 in the game after that. 1 of 6 in the game after that. You suddenly push him physically beyond that, and now all of a sudden, he's 5 of his last 20 from 3. He regains it. We suddenly load him back up on his minutes, and the same thing happens again with Joe Ingles. You go back. He plays 35 against LeBron. 36 against Jimmy Butler, and then he goes 1 for 3, 1 for 5, 0 for 3, 2 for his last 11 from 3 before he gets a day off or two, regains it. He works very hard. You know, I think that's what you have to keep an eye on. We did at the end of the season. Portland, 33 minutes. Minnesota, 34 minutes. Portland, 26. He's suddenly 1 for 3. Warriors, 34. He's 1 for 6. So I think that's something you have to really keep an eye on with Joe, of whether you're asking too much out of him. We did it in the Clippers series. 33, 33, 34, 37. All of a sudden, he goes 0 for 4, and he goes 0 for 3. So I think he probably is as as excited as uh, he could be uh, about his time and as excited as we are for what he represents, I do think that you're better off playing him at 24 minutes a night. Now, what gets really interesting here is how do you integrate maybe some Donovan Mitchell minutes, maybe some Tabo Cephalosha minutes, maybe some Alec Burks minutes. Now, Tabo... Great defensive player, absolute, has shown more offensive prowess than you thought. Not a superb shooter. Generally, he's been just a notch below that 50% effective field goal percentage. Great, smart player, super teammate, great plus-minus guy. 
all those things, 33 years old, career average 23 minutes a night, probably at 33 years old. I'm not sure you really want to push him all the way there. So let's put, you put Tabo in for, you know, suddenly 16 to, let's put him in for 20. There's only four minutes left here for AB, four minutes left for Mitchell to slide over. This is where we're getting taxed and don't have enough time for everybody to get their time. AB's playing well. Mitchell needs to slide down to get him. Maybe Mitchell slides up and takes four to six minutes of point guard minutes. Now you have him at 24. Not sure you want to have him at much more than 24 minutes. And so Neto's minutes are down to eight. That might be the answer. And now all of a sudden you slide AB back to the shooting guard. And AB, if Donovan's going six minutes there, then then AB suddenly has 10 minutes. You've got at the two with Hood, Mitchell, AB getting those in there, Cephalosha getting in about... 20, maybe 60. Maybe some nights it's AB's night, some nights it's Cephalosha's night. We'll see how that works, but that's where we. this is kind of going to, something's got to push, and I think that's where you're going to see some non-point guard minutes by Neto to get Mitchell some more time. It's going to be tough to slide Mitchell down to the or up to the small forward position to be able to find more minutes there. It just doesn't seem as though that's uh, particularly likely. So that, that kind of is a grouping there. Then <clears throat> who makes the team gets into a question, and this is where Royce O'Neal's value is really high. Royce O'Neal can go play the two. He can go play the three if there's any type of injuries and you need to add somebody else. You have Royce O'Neal, and I, I think that really helps him out, and you'll see there's more excess minutes in the bigs. Okay, we're starting favors. We're starting Gobert. We know that. That tandem's played really well together, and now we get to how much does Rudy play. I think last year is right about what you can expect out of Rudy. The Jazz played Rudy 34 minutes a night. Favors, in theory, gets those 14 backup center minutes. And this is where things get really interesting. So Favors gets the 14 backup minutes for center. Derek probably is a 30-minute-a-guy night, but let's say that we're going to hold Derek to 28 minutes a night just to keep him healthy. He played 23 last year. He played 32 the year before that, 31. He's never been over 30. They're probably going to pull. So let's say he's so he's playing 14 minutes of power forward, 14 minutes of center. And that opens up 34 minutes of power forward minutes. Who gets them? That's too much for Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson, as amazing and awesome as he is, is 36 years old. Last year, Joe Johnson was terrific, but the Jazz brought him back down to 24 minutes a night. I guess they ask a little bit more out of him, but I still think that's probably the answer. Playoffs last year, he was ready to go. That's the goal. He played 30 minutes a night in the playoffs. There'll be nights where he needs to play more. But I think that's going to be the model. Is about 24 minutes a night. Don't wear him out. The schedule should be a little bit more forgiving. Remember, he opened the year with 30 on back-to-back games last year. He played 11 games over 30 minutes last year. He can do it if he needs to. He played 20 games of 28 or more minutes. But let's put him in for 24 minutes. We still have 12 minutes. And this is where 
Udo has played so well. Ebe Udo may get those 12 minutes, and the Jazz may end up playing even more kind of dual big minutes. Udo's been very good. Or that's Jerebko, depending on the night, depending on the style of game. For those other 12 minutes, Jerebko played 16 minutes a night uh, for Boston last year. It's a pretty good player. And that's where you've got some great depth in here. Tony Bradley, <clears throat> out of the rotation in all, all likelihood, still developing, probably playing some D-League minutes. <clears throat> Excuse me. So where does you have Jerebko and Udo are both able to play more. You've got some depth there um, if you need it. And that's where I think the rotation goes. And it's going to be interesting to see if Udo gets those minutes. And now you're probably playing some Udo Gobert and some Udo Favors, which I don't think we ever thought you were going to see on this team. Today's show brought to you by Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Devin's been with us from the very beginning. So thankful for his support of Locked On Jazz. He is a real estate guy who takes it with the heart of a teacher. And he has been helping numerous people in the jazz world, Locked On Jazz world, for quite some time now. And what's so great about Devin is that he's he's backed up his words for all the Locked On Jazz people. Ryan and Natalie, we worked with Devin as our realtor when buying our first home. He was always extremely responsive, would text back super quickly, even outside normal business hours. He always went above and beyond when it came to walking us through the home buying process. He was an amazing resource, such a genuinely good guy. Thank you, Devin. Devin last year was given two Jazz free season tickets whenever he uh, sold a house uh, or uh, bought a house with you. It's a little different this year because some of the inventory on the Jazz is gone, but Devin still wants to do the same concept, and what that is is that Devin is going to give you a percentage of his commission, 15% of his commission back in tickets, so whatever you choose to do within your budget. Also, by the way, uh, the brokerage that Devin works for offers relocation service. So if you can, uh, if you're going somewhere and moving, Devin's willing to help out the Locked On Jazz family. It's got to leave Utah, and he'll check on things, keep things going on there, uh, get you a good agent, work on all of that as well. So a lot of fun things with Devin Cash. If you're looking to buy or sell a home or want to check out the market value of where you are right now, Devin Cash is the answer. Call Devin at eight zero one seven five nine. 1495. That's 801 759 1495. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. Starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on. The name of 
this network right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. All right, let's review the preseason stats and see if there's anything important. Gobert finished the preseason shooting 74%. Now, we played non-NBA teams in two of those games and two barely NBA teams, and so some of these are, are interesting. But what jumps out to me about this on Gobert is I really suspected with the move to Rubio at the point guard and with Rubio giving Gobert the ball in different spots that his shooting percentage was going to go down considerably. Now, understand what we're talking about. Last year, second half of the season, Rudy shot 70% from the field, right? Second half of the season last year, Rudy Gobert, 17 points, 13 rebounds, 70%. He is a larger focus of the offense today than he was then. Is it possible that Rudy is going to end up with 20 points a game? Is that nuts? Anyone? I I, I think there's a real chance. Can you imagine if Rudy suddenly becomes a 20-point, like 13-rebound guy? He only took seven shots a game last year. In the preseason... He took similar numbers, but I think in the regular season, he took eight and a half. I think he takes, I think he goes up a little bit. I think he ends up taking, I don't know, does he take 10 shots a night? Seems hard, but maybe not. With the focus the Jazz are putting on having him with that in kind of focus, I think it's possible. In March, he took nine shots a game. A game in April, he took ten. His points per game were seventeen and sixteen. I think that's where Rudy sits this year, somewhere between seventeen, eighteen, nineteen points a game. The focus is so much of his offense on the rim, and then he grabs his boards. Donovan Mitchell, forty-two percent from the field, twenty-nine percent from three. It's exactly where I'd suspect him to be for the season. Rookies aren't particularly efficient. Rubio. from the field, 29% from three. Both those numbers are low. He's not going to become a great shooter. The number that's got to go down is the 21 turnovers as he tries to learn his new team. But the number on Rubio that people underestimate, 23 free throw attempts. Here's a great note. I got it actually yesterday from Alan Horton and then also a listener sent it to me. Ricky Rubio is the designated free throw shooter for Minnesota the last two years and has made 51 consecutive technical free throws. Gosh, remember how often it felt like we missed technical free throws? 51 consecutive free throws. Rodney Hood played just three of the five games. Rodney Hood shot 63% from the field, 69% from three. Like, is that real? Is Rodney Hood found a groove in the preseason? That No way is that real. You can't do that for a season, but think about those numbers. Only four free throw attempts and 27 shot attempts, so that has not changed. Only five rebounds, only two assists. You would hope that Rodney can add some level of, of depth to his game, both rebounding and assists as he takes a larger 
focus. Preseason probably wasn't the time to do it. But his assist rate last year, 10%. year before was 14%. He really started passing less. His rebounding rate, 13% on the defensive glass. Overall, 7% means he's, you know, if rebounds were equally distributed, he'd get 10% on the floor. He's getting 7 He needs to be a little bit more of a rebounder. A.B., 54% shooting in the preseason and 67% from three. That's so exciting. Ball and Boy was great in the preseason, hit four of six from three, 11 of 15. He's an NBA player. I don't know that he makes this team. It's going to be tough. Joe Johnson, cool as cat right there. Dante, 50% shooting. Neto, 50% shooting. Cephalosha did not make a three, went 0 for 6 from three, still shot 46%, was very active shooting. He was taking about five or six shots a game, which felt more and was more active making plays, sometimes stretching himself, than I expected him to be. But then you look at his numbers in Atlanta last year, that's exactly what he did. He took six shots in 26 minutes of action in the playoffs, in here he's playing 15 minutes, taking six shots. So that that is definitely more active. Jarebko had a disappointing preseason. He shot just 39%, one of seven from three. And Joe Ingles had a disappointing preseason, 33%, 25% from three. I, I think this can be a hard year on Joe. It's a much bigger role. Uh, he, did, he only started 25 games last year. If he's the starter going up against those guys all the time. I do think this is going to be a much more difficult role on Joe than it has been. One final thing. We'll talk some more about it. I don't really believe the real GM numbers, but they have us ranked at 29th in the league in pace of play. So I, I, it felt like we were so much faster than a year ago, and maybe not. That That seems strange to me. We... Didn't play NBA teams, so I think this is a little misleading. But our effective field goal percentage was 56% for the preseason, which ranked fourth in the NBA, I believe. Maybe third. Houston, San Antonio, Utah, Golden State. Washington, Chicago, Brooklyn. I mean, it's not a great indicator, but it's interesting. Because this is the team that can't shoot, right? If Let's just put it this way. If we're at 46% with Sacramento and New York and Charlotte, we'd be panicked right now. We're at 56% and we're dismissing it as probably not that likely. So we'll see. That is today's edition of Locked on Jazz. I'll be out of practice. I'll try to get something up at LockedOnJazz.net for you today as well. Thank you very much for tuning into the program. Hope the transition over to Panoply and Megaphone has been a seamless one. We're very excited for what it means for the Locked On Podcast Network. I can't thank you all for your support enough. Devin Cash, Equity Real Estate. Phone number is 801-759-1495. That's 801-759-1495. And check out what's going on over at Murdoch Chevy Taylor and the crew over there are doing uh, some exciting things with the great deals on the end of the month moving out the inventory and it's truck month at Chevy at Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross. Have a great day. This has been Locked on Jazz. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, 
We talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.